I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Hey, Blake, would you go on a 5.5 podcast when you get to San Diego? I don't know, man. That's a lot. I don't even know what that is. I say they go in there with an insane amount of intensity. They go in there thinking, hey, we really fucked us up last week, and we need to fix this. I think they take three or four. I think they take. I think they are on a fucking mission. I think Tatis is finally going to figure it out this week with the two-hand approach against Milwaukee. I think he's going to get going. Uh, I would like to have Grisham back. Yeah. Fam, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. They're going to start falling. I think they're going to take three or four against LA. And welcome back, everybody, to the best-hitting podcast in the game, the 5.5 podcast. I'm your host, Eric, or excuse me, I'm Danny Ortiz. (laughs) I'm not going to edit that. Yeah, don't edit that. (laughs) I got way ahead of myself. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside... Eric Lebeau, that's right. Idiot. The, the best hitting duo in podcast history, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Big day for uh, your boys yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's you right. Uh, you came out, made your triumphant return to SDABL. About 30 pounds over playing weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a big day. Yeah. Uh, had seven RBI between the two of us. That's right, that's right. A couple, yeah. couple line drives. You had a ground rule double. Yep. That's, that's, how, right. that's how Ultra competitive. Yeah, San Diego Adult Baseball League. Padres won yesterday too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was yeah, pretty that was cool. Bad. Yeah, they were able to pull that out. But uh, in all seriousness, Eric, what an up and down week since uh, we last spoke. Of course, I'm sure I haven't listened to the opening yet, but I'm sure you're bragging in the opening about the Padres taking three out of four. Uh, from L.A., but uh, the start of the week, not so hot with the Brewers in town. Yeah, I don't want to say I called it, but I definitely called it, <laughs> uh, that we that the Padres are going to take three or four against L.A. I mean, it's just, it to me, it was a no-brainer. Like, I, I knew that they were going to go in there and get shit done. Like, it, and that wasn't me just trying to be like, okay, let's uh, let's throw some shit against the wall and see what sticks. You could tell based off the last series, they didn't like the taste that that left in their mouths. And having in between the Brewers series getting swept by the Brewers, that sucked, dude. God, that sucked. And uh, when the se- when the series started, I was like, well, after this Brewers series, how that went, not very confident in the three and one. And then you have, you know, Ryan Weathers coming out getting shit done on. On Thursday to get started, but uh, yeah, that Brewers series. I think what we were most excited about was the return of uh, Denilson Lamette, and as soon as he came in, he went out and yeah. he was gone. So uh, it's uh. <laughs> yeah. So it it was uh, very tough to watch the young man leave the game injured uh, as he did. He didn't look. In- I mean, when you look back at the video, his he's keeping his arm at like a ninety degree angle, like he doesn't want to extend his elbow. Um, but initially, he didn't look injured. He threw this nasty slider to punch the last guy out, and then of course uh, he doesn't. They have the, the bullpens up. Oh, they thought they were going to throw you know eighty pitches, and then that schlub on Twitter. What's his prime time sports? No, it's the plan to throw thirty. And then literally two minutes later, we find out that uh, he had some forearm tightness. So um, it it sucks. It, it sucks for two reasons. Number one, we have all been saying, like, why didn't he just get surgery? Like, we'll get him back next year with Clevenger. You know, we have step. Ryan Weathers has been absolutely amazing. I will continue to say it. He continues to fuck. Yep. He has been amazing. He was better than you could have ever hoped for against the Dodgers. Um, 
uh, Thursday night. So you're thinking like, okay, great. Like we have that depth. Um, if Lamette's hurt, yeah, it sucks. But that's why we added Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove, right? Cause, because if Lamette and Clevenger were hurt, well, you still have three aces at the top of your rotation. Whereas Lamette's like arguably the, uh, I would put him ahead of Snell. I don't know if I'd put him ahead of Musgrove. I'd maybe eat neck and neck. But it's like you have three other top arms in that rotation already. So I think the idea is, okay, he made these moves. Let him have surgery so he's fresh in 2022 when you're still in that window. They didn't do that. Uh, they did the old tried and true uh, rest and uh, rehab. And uh, it went two innings. Yeah, well, you something that stuck out that you said was let him have surgery and then... Yeah. You know, well, go from there. Yes. But the way that's sounding, it's sounding like he didn't want surgery. That's true. And I forgot because we've been so caught up in the last series. Last week feels like a month ago. But yeah, you're right. There were people asking, like, can they tell him, like, hey, get surgery? Or is it like a player's choice? So you might be right. Maybe. I mean, you can't you can't, you can't force him to have surgery. But no. you can definitely make it seem a more attractable option. Yeah, a more attractive option uh, for him uh, from a financial aspect. Like, yeah. hey, look, here's where your free agency's coming up. If you get it done now, you have more time to prove yourself and get more money. Uh, you can make it seem like a more attractive option for the young man, but uh, you know, you can't force him to have surgery at the end of the day. And from everything that all the, kind of the tea leaves that you pick up uh, that have been dropped around the place, it seems to me like Lamette just doesn't want surgery. So to me, and also having Clevenger uh, come out and get the surgery immediately, that tells me that it's on the player. Yeah. So Clevenger, the way that he viewed it was, I want to get it now so I can come back and I can be ready. The sooner the better. Nixon Marhone as well. Even though, even though this is my second Tommy John. Yeah. And maybe Lamette's like, hey, this is my second Tommy John. Not a lot of people come back from that. So I'm going to try to do the PRP, the rest, yeah. the relaxation. So... The more I think, the more I'm reading, and the more I'm looking at it, I think that it, the calls on Lamette at that point. I mean, what are you really going to do if you're the Padres? Yeah, that's that's a fair point. So and you're right. Um, I think all you can do is like you're right. I think he's a free agent after 2023. I think according to Baseball Reference. Either way, he's missing yeah. a lot of freaking time. He's going to miss. He might miss all of this year and next year. So you're basically he's hoping to come back and basically have one great year and. Uh, and we're both writing him off right now as if he's done. But the well, Padres are like, well, he's uh, planning on making the start after yeah, 10 days. That's, and I'm that's like, what I wanted to talk to you about. It's really so weird. I mentioned before I came on air, I had a question for you about Lamette. Um, because all indications, even early on, even though they were hush-hush. And again, this is the same organization that said they're still waiting on Mora Holmes' doctor to follow <laughs> up with them. Yeah. While he was literally having surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn>. yeah. <laughs> so, so, of course, you take it with a grain of salt. But... At the same time, they also said in the spring, hey, we know about Tatis' shoulder. It's not something that's unmanageable. They put him on the DL. We all thought he's done. Separated shoulder. He's going to have surgery to repair it. You know, he's done for the year. He comes back in 10 days. Uh, we're going to talk about it, but, uh, you know, he made the adjustments necessary. He uh, went from having, I think, two home runs to tying the league lead over the course of a weekend um, while adopting the Dodgers as his, bi- or his adoptive uh, children. But um, do you buy... Or do the Potters have some level of goodwill as far as saying, hey, we don't think this injury, based on what we're seeing, is that bad. We took an ultrasound. Uh, there was no structural damage. We don't need the MRI right now uh, because the ultrasound told us what we needed to know. And we're going to let him make his start in what's probably like another three or four days. Do you buy that? Do you give the Padres the benefit of the doubt or some slack that, hey, maybe they're actually right since... 
Yeah, they were right about Tatis, at least so far. So you thought enough to be like, okay, before we're going to start recording, okay, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to ask you something, but I'm not going to tell you until we start recording. Yes. And that was your question? Well, no. I what, just do you think my, like, what do you think my answer is to that? I don't that? know what your answer when, is. When you ask me if the Padres have built up enough goodwill when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> injuries and disclosure of information regarding to injury, what do you yeah. think my answer well, to that is? Well, I know disclosure is? of information is nonsense, but they did say, <laughs> with Morahone, they did not say he's going on the 10-day D- IL, excuse me, and he's coming back in 10 days. They were super hush-hush, like they didn't release any info on him. With Tatis and now Lamette, for they've been oddly and uncharacteristically upfront about it. Like, yes, he has forearm tightness. Yes, we did an ultrasound. No, we're not doing an MRI. No, we're not, you know, planning on losing him much. We're gonna let him throw. He's on the 10-day DL. He's gonna we plan on making him or letting him make uh his next start, assuming uh you know his throwing program goes okay. That was the same thing they do with Tatis. Okay, no, he's not having surgery. Yes, his shoulder's fine. He'll be on the 10-day IL if once he's ready to come back. Uh, we'll let him do some workouts before, and if he's ready, we activate him immediately. I don't know. I think that I- I'm kind of offended by your question. <laughs> it's not as bad as some of the questions we've heard on post-game pressers. <laughs> and uh, we are not credentialed media, so we can be cheerleaders of the teams. We can be clown motherfuckers if yeah. we want to. You know, um, At least you're not... Well, wait a minute. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say that. You're asking me, what do I think? Anyways. At least you're going to answer the question, I guess. You know, with the... Uh, with the the medical the diagnosis with Lamette, I'm still I'm in the I'm in the camp of he is done. Yeah. But if he again is insisting that he's going to be okay, to come back. We hear we heard the other day. Oh, he feels great. Oh, everything yeah. feels great. He feels he even better great. than before. Uh, but no, I'm talking about after the injury. Wow. So it's like, well, I mean, what do we do, right? So I'm I'm firmly now I'm in the camp of I think he's done. But if you're going to have him. Uh, attempt to come back in 10 days, I don't want him attempting to come back in the rotation because that can have another two and uh, third innings or another two inning outing. And then guess what? Our bullpen is fucked. And if we saw anything over this last two weeks and change, it's the fact that we need to conserve our bullpen. We can't keep having paddock days and then followed up by a possible lament day because you're just asking for two explosions. Yeah. And then you're screwed for the whole next week. I think if you run him before Weathers, um, like basically sandwich Weathers between Lamette and Paddock, I think it'll be okay. I think at this point, like I... You can't have those two starts back-to-back. No, absolutely They not. have an off no. day today on Monday. Thank they have God. another off day on Thursday. I haven't heard anything about you know the way that they're going to be structuring those. Uh, Paddock is supposed to start tomorrow. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know, man. But you you can't have those two starts back-to-back. No, I think you have to sandwich either. You have, either have to sandwich him uh, with uh, Musgrove and Weathers, or you have to sandwich... Uh, so you throw Lamette, Musgrove, then Weathers, or you throw Lamette... Weathers and then Paddock. Well, um, but I do think you can count on Weathers for five or more, and they gave him a lot of leash uh, this past outing. So, but I think you're right. You cannot put him right in front of Paddock or after Paddock because you're just asking for trouble. I want to I want to start this next thing that I'm about to say with the preface of I am only saying this because of his injury status. Again, I am only saying this <laughs> because of his injury status. Yes, but. With the way that our pen has been shit on as far as just getting gassed left and right every single day, is it 
the worst thing in the world to have Lament work exclusively out of the pen while he, while I mean, until he proves himself that he can be a starter. Uh, even then, like, how are you going to extend yourself and improve and prove that you're a starter if you're in the pen? It's kind of a catch twenty two. I feel like at this point, if you want anything out of Lamet, you have to throw him in the pen. You conserve his innings. You limit the opportunity for a meltdown and a, a, an emergency bullpen day. Uh, at this point, I'm putting Lamet in the bullpen, and I'm just riding as much as I can get from him. If if you're in a high leverage spot, I like the idea of Lamet coming in and, and breaking off some sliders and getting us out of it. Yeah. So um, I know we, you've been on Lamet in the bullpen just because, yes. just because you're a, an asshole for years. You've been we trying to be wrong, Eric. You've been trying to push. I'm allowed him. to be wrong as often as I am. It's like the it's like the gif of Michael Scott pushing uh, what's homeboy out of the door where it says okay, Gunder boomer. Mifflin is one of those two guys. Yeah. That's that's you. You're Michael Scott, and uh, you're pushing Lamet out of the door into the bullpen. That's been you for years. He's in the rotation room. I'm putting him into the bullpen. That's been you for years. I am only doing this because of the uncertainty of his elbow. I am putting him in the Pen, and that's it. Like that's that. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put ourselves in the position uh, of danger by having him start. And I hate saying that because I was. Yeah. I was so hoping that he would be ready. But uh, coming out, coming out the way he did in his first start, it's like God, man. Like how long are we gonna do this? Yeah. Um, and you know how I feel about like letting guys get innings uh, in the bullpen. Um, I don't know. I don't know if if that's how I would use him because I think. I think it'd make it easier because worst case scenario, he has to face three batters. Um, you know, and it, it, you can avoid the snowball effect. Well, Jay Stingler can't seem to avoid it, but, uh, yeah. but typically you can try to avoid the snowball effect because uh, if you got a guy ready and you only throw to three batters, you can yank him. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that'd be a bad idea. I think you would piss off the fan base because, uh, you know, uh, Joe, no Joe don't know Padre fan. You know, he's going to complain. Why is Paddock in the rotation? Lament's <laughs> been relegated to the bullpen. Yeah. But if Lament was basically like a super reliever and you tell him, hey, like they were using Weathers, hey, two or three times a week you're going to go out there and get at least two innings. We just want you to get through the lineup, you know, maybe get through uh, two innings or get through the lineup one time. That's a hell of a weapon it is. to have. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have been, I would not have been against them saying, hey, we have, you know, we have five guys, you know, in the rotation now. Um, you know, with uh, with Morahone initially, we're gonna let Lamette come out of the bullpen just to keep giving him innings, but to save him so that when the All Star break rolls around after you know mid July, then we deploy him into the rotation. But now he's bullets and he's hasn't thrown a hundred, a hundred twenty innings. He's thrown maybe twenty or thirty. Yeah. Um. Right now, I don't know what you do with it. Personally, I, I think you have to you have to milk every ounce of value you can get out of him. If that's out of the bullpen, throwing one, you know, two or you know, two to five innings a week, well, then that's out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, I also think it depends on what where Mackenzie Gore is, and then what are you going to get from Chris Paddock? Because technically, if he doesn't earn run average in the peripherals, he doesn't look bad. I think he's been decent as a five starter. Um, there's no excuse to give up. How many how many runs did he give up after that error the last start? Like five? I think he gave up a total of five. Yeah. So one earned run. I mean, I know they're technically all unearned runs. Every time I look yeah. at a paddock box score, it takes three weeks off of my lifespan, so I don't want to open it up right now. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he gave up five. Yeah. I'm, one, fair, one I'm fairly earned. certain. Yeah. Limit yeah. the damage, guy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. No, Eric, it's an unearned run. It's clearly everybody else's fault. All those runs that scored after that error. Uh, even though they were clean base hits, I would assume uh, clearly are not earned runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so um, but I, th- I think it depends on where he's at. But I honestly, 
I don't mind the idea, especially with their bullpen being so taxed. They don't have, like, Nabil Krismat, you know, what's the other, what's Ramirez? I don't know Ramirez. Nick Ramirez. Yeah, Ur. Nick Ramirez. Yeah. White flag. <laughs> he is the white flag, dude. Yeah. It's no longer Him Stammen. Him and uh, It's no longer Stammen. Northcraft? It's, yeah. White flags. Yeah. All white flags. Right? Like, I saw Northcraft come in, I'm like... This looks like the 45-year-old guy playing in the 25-year-old adult league <laughs> who's just trying to hang on and he throws strikes, but he has this herky-jerk motion. Yep. So he's just going to get by and razzle-dazzle a couple times, and then uh, then he'll start tattooing him after the after a couple of innings. But, yeah, it's like, you know, they need bullpen arms, right? And if that's a way to keep him healthy, you can still get 120 innings out of him. It'd just be out of the bullpen. And you can use him on multiple days. Like you said, if you need somebody to come in last night to – to get a punch out or to strike out the side or to limit contact, like that's the guy you go to. So yeah. I, I actually think that's a really good idea on your end. Congratulations. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very full forward, of good ideas. Very forward thinking of you. You know, that's that's been de- used to describe me a lot. Forward thinking. Yes. Um, yes. I, 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 I have a mind that... You know, really is able to break down these things better than most. <laughs> when it comes they... from just being level-headed and, <laughs> and really taking in all the information and then coming to an informed and calm decision, that's me. Yeah. When you think of someone that does that, that's me. That's 100%. why you have the seventy uh, percent share of our tier one uh, Patreon. Uh, uh, exactly, exactly. Because I provide, income, yeah. I provide those takes, 70%. and and that's what keeps the people coming back for more. So. Uh, we had talked last week about the Pottery Twitter segment, how we're going to maybe go week to week on that, or every other week. Uh, so a couple people called, actually, on Wednesday. <laughs> after, uh, So someone called Wednesday and someone called Thursday. And that's the thing I appreciate the most. People that call and they remember, and they're like, hey, I'm going to call. Uh, I don't care that he hasn't tweeted about it. So if you call during the week, I'm absolutely going to play that. So don't let me forget before we're over, before we're done here today, yes. that we're going to play those. Uh, but then, as much as it sucked getting swept by the Brewers, uh, we go into L.A. And the first start, Ryan Weathers does what Ryan Weathers does, as yep. you said. He, he fucks. fucks. That's right. <laughs> That's all he does. Uh, so he goes out there, dominates. He does well, just as we had, just as we had speculated. Uh, and then you look at Friday night. So Friday night was their easiest win of the um, of that series against the Dodgers. If you unless you count last night, I thought they had it every step of the way. I never doubted the, the yeah. W last night. We turned the game off at seven to one. Yeah, I <laughs> I personally never doubted them last night. But uh, Friday. You Darvish was out there, and the thing that I love about you Darvish is even when he's not great, he's fucking great. Yeah, like he was, he was kind of, he was missing his spots. He didn't have his best stuff, and like, yeah. like C plus Darvish is still an overall like A minus. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Like, like I'll take it, dude. It's it's so awesome. Like the last two starts, uh, maybe the last three starts, he's gone out. Other than the opening day start, it's just like I'm just amazed. I'm like Jesus, like he's legitimately. Probably one of the top 10 to 20 pitchers in the league. He's just... Like, overall talent. And he's on our team. And he's gone out there, and an ace does ace shit. And he did ace shit again. He walked three, and it seems like with his his, um, command that night, he's kind of all over the place. I felt like he walked more. And you look at the score... Caratini's got to rein him in, man. Caratini's (laughs) really got to get in on that. Yeah. So, I I was looking at the score, and I'm like, God dang, like, how are are we still in this? Because Darvis does not look good. And then you look at his overall line, seven innings, four hits, one earned, three walks, nine Ks. (laughs) It's like, and the whole time, in your mind, you're like, man, this isn't a great outing for 
Darvish, but he's staying in it, so good for him. And then you look at the final line, you're like, God dang, like I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just God. It's so great having him at the top of our rotation. Uh, it's a godsend, dude. He's he's the stopper. People were talking about PV's our stopper. It's uh-huh. win day when PV's out there. That's Darvish now. So yeah. uh, if you have Darvish follow up uh, Lamette day, if you are gonna have Lamette start, Darvish is a guy I want the next day because you gotta Absolutely. give that pen the night off afterwards yeah. so i loved seeing that uh love seeing that love getting that easy dub on friday that was great and then uh blake snell on saturday <laughs> he didn't look too great you know i, I will say this about blake i'm gonna be honest it's i kind love of frustrating a little bit I, I love his uh personality i think he's great i appreciate the shout out on his uh on his twitch channel of the 5.5 <laughs> pod is a great great line yeah but uh i've been too impressed yeah. I gotta say, I, I can see now I agreed with you when we were talking about when Tingler yanked him. At least let him finish the bottom of the order, and if Betts is coming up, then you pull him and exactly. you go with somebody else. 100 percent agree. However, I will say, he didn't look great. He had given up nine base runs, two walks, seven hits. Um you know, he he has not really been like dominant. Like I feel like we haven't seen him consistently just be on. And you can kind of see what are we, four starts in now, I think. You can see why the Rays didn't let him pitch deep into games. It had nothing to do, I don't think, with the turning the you know third time through the order. He just throws too many damn pitches. Yeah. Like I don't know what he was at when he got yanked, but at that point, like, even if it wasn't a lot, like I say, he'd given up seven hits and two walks, and it's not like he was cruising through guys. You know, it wasn't a World Series start. It's he's been all over the place. I don't know what it is, maybe it's a mechanical tweak or or whatnot, but uh yeah, he had that brain fart play on that, basically the ball that cost him the run of the game. That was the thing. I couldn't stop imagining how different the start would have been yeah. if he would have let that ball go. Oh, because and then he's screaming snowball. at him to let it oh, go. Yeah. It's not like he's you know all alone out there. It was a snowball effect after that. Yeah, it's snowball turning yeah, into yeah. an avalanche. Yeah. the exact thing that we want to avoid. But uh, yeah, I mean not. <laughs> Not the best effort from Snell. Uh, overall, not worried one single bit about no, him. No, of course not. No. In the slightest, I, I still Just an think, observation. Yeah, I still think that uh, aside from uh, Darvish, uh, he's by far the best pitcher that we have. I love Musgrove. Uh, no, no, Joe. But uh, I think Snell in the long term is going to be a great pitcher. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, the first two starts have uh, been less than desirable. I think it's the walks. Because I'm looking at his other stuff. Like, his fielding independent pitching is fine. He's not giving up dingers. Um, his ERA plus is whatever, but he he's striking out a ton of guys. I mean, he's right now at thirteen and a half strikeouts per nine. That'll that would it. easily set a career record, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> easily yeah. by about three punchouts per nine innings, which is that's a huge jump. But he's also walking two more batters per nine, and I think that's what is a getting him run out of ball games, um, and b why maybe we're not as impressed with him. Um, to start as we have been with Darvish, who was really shaky his first start. Mm-hmm. You know, they both were, but Darvish seems to have settled in um, and seems to find ways to get around it. Um, and Snell seems to, he, it's like he can't get out of his own way yet for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know, maybe he just doesn't attack guys or whatnot, but absolutely just an observation. I think he's going to be fine. We could have worse problems than figuring out why our almost 14 strikeouts per nine number two starter <laughs> yeah. uh, hasn't looked as impressive as yeah. maybe we had hoped. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, maybe we're asking for too much. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of asking for too much, are people asking too much to uh, fire Jace Tingler or at least uh, modify his bullpen usage? Have people been calling for him to be fired? I can't Because I haven't seen it. I've seen people with a bit okay. <laughs> about him being fired, but I've also seen people comment or comment uh, 
separately about Tingler being the problem. This is like the not as uh, inclusive part of Padres Twitter. So I don't know, but I mean his bullpen management, I think certainly like he needs somebody. Where isn't Rod Bras a, a Rod Bras a quality control coach or something like? He's got to have somebody. Well, isn't that what uh, Tingler was before yeah. he came to San Diego? I think the thing is, yes, he's managed, you know, and, and he does have managerial experience. But I think the biggest, the hardest part, I think, for any manager to get a hold, to get a real good hold of as far as getting used to the job, isn't so much the lineup. Because, I mean, when your team's this talented, it's not that hard, right? Tatis, Machado, and Grisham are going to be one through three somewhere or the other, right? And just let the rest uh, play through. But I think it's bullpen management. And to their to Bochi's credit, he was always great with bullpen management. And I'll even give it to Bud Black, who I cannot stand as a manager. He was pretty good handling the bullpen for the most part. He was very robotic about it, but he seemed to pick the right guys for the right spots, right? Like Tingler, like why are we bringing it? The other night he brought in, uh, you know, late in the game he brought in Austin Adams who couldn't find it um, mm-hmm. in a weird spot too with like lefties up. Uh, he obviously the white flags came in the last yeah. <laughs> the last couple of games. Like, he's putting guys in spots that are high leverage that seem, you know, last night, he you know, Pomeranz pitched last night. He pitched well last night. Where was he instead of Ramirez? Why? why like, if that's a high leverage situation and he, he, Tingler said, I'm not going to use Pomeranz or Pagan or Kella as closers, you know, they're just like, we're going to deploy them when they're needed the most. Where the hell is Pomeranz? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. And the thing that, that really got to me was in the Brewer series. I think it was the last game of the Brewer series. They were down by two, and Pagan was used, Pomeranz was used. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys are going for a four-game set in L.A., and you're trailing two. Like, wh- why do we have these guys throwing right now? So yeah. that part does kind of confuse me. But then, you know, it, I kind of go back and forth. And, again, I'm great at that. <laughs> I am great you? at flip-flopping my opinions because sometimes... level level-headed. Well, the thing is, like, I'm looking at it, and sometimes, yes, when the pitching changes are made or, I, or the camera pans to the bullpen and you see uh, Nick Hill. Ramirez out there or Tim Hill, and I'm like, what the... Like, what is going on here? But then also there's times where you really think about it, it's like mm, a lot of guys arms they're probably just not available yeah you know, like I, hey I do, I do think yeah uh, like hey skip i i if i can get a night today i, I kind of need one it's been 17 straight freaking days that we've had a game and so they've done it's it, been a rough stretch it, it it has and you know i know there's been some injuries that have made him you know that have i think tingler's highlight is getting creative with how he uses players and plugging guys other than jorge mateo i wish they would shoot him to the sun but as far as like plugging it like Okay, we're gonna give Kim a day here, and then we're gonna give Fam a day here, etc. Like, I do think he does really well with that. Um, Who is more to blame about the bullpen being how the bullpen Major is? Major League Baseball for scheduling seventeen games in a row. <laughs> well, okay, but other than that, who is more to blame with the, the state of the bullpen? Is it the way that Tingler manages the bullpen, or is it the fact that the starting rotation just can't get through the the sixth or seventh inning? I think it's a com- with the exception of our beloved you Darvish. I think it's a combination of I think Tingler, if he is as analytically inclined as they've hyped him up to be, I think there is an inclination to pull your starter sooner. Um, you know, I mean, it's different with Darvish, I think, just because, you know, he comes with kind of that name recognition. Like, I, I love Snell, but I don't think Snell is viewed no. in the same, you know, air as, as Darvish, even though Snell won a Cy Young. I think he's viewed as a tier lower. 
But I think there's this like, okay, well, you know, I can't step on Darvish's toes, right? Like, I think Caratini shooed them away. That was awesome, dude. <laughs> that out, was awesome. He pulled the old John Lackey. This is used game. I oh, I love that. I love that, dude. I do too. Yeah. But I I think but I think that Tingler doesn't come out because there's a certain level of respect for Darvish where it's like he's gonna know when he's ready to come out. Maybe somebody younger and you know who doesn't who hasn't been around as long um, has a different like personality like Snell like maybe you got to go tell him like Snell can be his own worst enemy and and just not want to come out but I, I don't know um I do think you can question his process while also giving credence that yes he kind of does have a short hook but the pitching staff despite their ERA they're not pitching deep into games like our bullpen's going a lot Musgrove went three innings yesterday that's it three that's it why that's it what was the score when he didn't he have it okay again so, full disclosure, Danny and I, we had a game yesterday, so we didn't get to watch the first part of the game. Yeah. Uh, I got home from the game, uh, got out of the shower, started to destroy my beloved Lucky's in Santee. <laughs> Lucky's Ch- uh, Chinese. And I saw that Craig Stammen was in the game, and I'm like, God damn it. So apparently Musgrove just didn't have it. Tatis made an error, uh, booted a double play ball, which sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, and he just didn't have it. So Musgrove went three yesterday. Doesn't help out the pen, but it's okay. We have we have uh, the night off tonight, but yeah. that's it's just another example of the starting pitchers. Blake Snell, uh, when he and Camposano couldn't get on the same page, couldn't oh, even make yeah, it out of the first, first inning. Yeah. Uh, it's you know they're not doing the bullpen any favors. The starting rotation that is so. Uh, whether it's a combination of them just not being able to get through the fifth or the sixth uh, or even seventh inning, or the fact that it's early and maybe Tingler doesn't want to uh, get into, uh, you know, stretching them out that early in the season. Or maybe it's just, hey, now the pitchers have to hit, and so the way that the game is timed up, you have to pinch hit for someone, and they can't go the next inning. So maybe it's a combination of all three of them, but I would like to see the starters go longer into games because, let's face it, like, the bullpen is much easier to manage when your starter goes six and you have a combination of... Pagan, Pomeranz, and Melanson, uh, seven, Kella eight, nine, and Kella. You know, when you when your starter can go six or even seven, it makes it a lot easier to control that bullpen. I think five innings is, if, assuming Kella's healthy, right? And Pagan has been, I have to check, but I'm pretty sure outside of that one game in, against the Dodgers, uh, the back-to-back home run games, that for the most part, he's looked pretty good this year. Um, so when you have four guys like that who could all, at some point or another, or have closed. I think it's okay to say, okay, we're, we're hoping for five. But when you're at the top of the rotation, like, I'm looking at Musgrove last night. He only threw 77 pitches before he got yanked. Now, maybe you guys can can tweet at the podcast. Uh, and He let, didn't have it. Yeah, and let us know. Yeah, I didn't see him throw, so I had no idea, you know, how good he actually looked. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it is a combination. But at the same time, again, you know, Snell got an out. I think he got Muncie out. And then it was, what, seven, eight, nine after that? And then he yanks him. Now, again, I'm okay with the idea of, okay, he doesn't have it. But I don't think you need to pull your bullpen in. You know, you let him go until he gives you a reason to take him out. I don't think, you know, I, I can understand, you know, you want to be too early before you're too soon. But your bullpen is exhausted. You've, you know, you've had, what, one complete game in this entire 17-game stretch? Um you know, it seems like Stammen, I I'm surprised Stammen's still upright and walking. Yeah, dude. At this point, I, I got credit. You know, he, he just keeps coming in and eating up innings. You know, you don't have a lot of depth. 
Um, I think you have to let Snell go. Like even like Tim Hill, I feel like Tim Hill's pitching a lot more than he should be, and he's been fine. You know, he did really well last night. Um, you know, preserving the tie game and, and giving the team an opportunity to win. But um, I, I think, yeah, he's been dealt a rough hand. But I think he's also got to trust the starters to go longer. Like you have to push Snell to go longer. You have to push Paddock, and you have to put Mus- push Musgrove to go longer. I think that'll come in the next few months. I do too. I mean, even as early as May, yeah, which is next week. Well, I think I think it could come. You know, this I mean, he let he let Darvish you know flirt with a hundred pitches. Um, so I, I think it's fine. But I also think at the same time, you know, like you said, we need guys like Snell. I have no doubt Musgrove's going to be fine. You know, he could still be. Tired from that no-hitter. Again, they haven't gotten any breaks. They haven't gotten any extra days off since. Um, but uh, I do think that basically Snell and Paddock have to step up. Like, Paddock's got to at least give us five or six a night. Snell's got to start pitching into the seventh. Yeah. Because eventually, you know, you are going to run into the summer where we're not getting more days off again, and you're just going to wear out that bullpen. And as we've seen, one injury uh, with Kella going down, like, completely – you know, thins out your depth. And then when you're having guys consistently go four or five innings, well, now you're just wiping yourself out. And you wipe yourself out for the future because nobody can get any rest. You know, you're getting one day of rest in, in you know, a stretch of uh, five, seven games. Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. However we got there, we still took three or four against That's LA. right. And that's, that's uh, I'll take that, any day of the week. And also, something last night after the game was over that my uh, – my my very my very loving and supportive and uh, very um, astute wife. Beautiful. Had uh, compliment her. Yeah, the, something that she pointed out last night after the game. She's like, "Hey, that's great. We took three or four against LA." I'm like, "Yeah, isn't it fucking amazing? Like, I couldn't <laughs> ask for anything more." She's like, "I can't help but point out though that the only game they lost was on your birthday." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, hey, thanks." <laughs> Fuck you too. Uh, so yeah, dude. On on my thirty first birthday, they just had to shit the bed. So, yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, I'll just try not to have any more birthdays the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah. Just skip it, man. And and skip that'll it. stay thirty one. That'll help. But uh, one thing that I did very much enjoy this last weekend was the return of the king, the uh, El Nino. Bevel, yes, well, Tatis. I call him the prince because I reclaiming feel like, yeah. his throne. Yeah, well, he definitely made uh, Dodger the Dodgers, Dodger fans, and Dodger Stadium. Uh, he definitely uh, has claimed uh, the throne of their daddy. Yeah, that is for certain, as well as uh, Baby Bauer, apparently. <laughs> yeah, man. So there was. Uh, what do you hit? Was it five bombs? Five home runs in three games. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'll say that'll play. That'll play. <laughs> you don't say. So, a lot of people were were kind of nervous about him. Nervous about the shoulder. Nervous about the new swing. And I think he has uh, let us know emphatically that he's fine. Yes, <laughs> he is okay. Uh, imagine that. He so. does hit with like he has swings. He had a home run against Chicago his rookie year to right center that was two handed. Like he hits the ball two handed. I think it's just. It's more of like a conscience effort now, more as a, than a reaction. Um, but he hit the home run off of Bauer, the second one. Uh, I don't know if that was the one he was accused of cheating on. <laughs> but he hit that one one-handed. Um, it was just a matter of time. Here, he missed time in the spring. Uh, and, of course, he misses time again um, after the uh, original injury real early into the year. So it, it was just a matter of time. He is too talented. It's like with Manny, right? When people doubted Manny after his first season. He's too talented, he's too skilled, and he's too driven to fail. Yeah. He's going to figure it out, and once he figures it out, that's the end of that. 
Um, and he absolutely figured it out. He just owned this series. And the, the best part is that he was right in the thick of it on national TV, uh, shutting A-Rod's cheating ass up. And don't get me wrong, I like Alex Rodriguez as a baseball player. But somebody throw his dumb ass out of the booth, yeah. for the love of God. But, I uh, uh, I watched the Statcast. Yeah, as did I. And I I liked it. I liked the numbers that they put on there. I love uh, I love like the the illustrations that they had on there showing yeah. like the Statcast. I love Statcast numbers. I'm not one for advanced analytics. Yeah. Do you like uh, the uh, you win know, probabilities? I love. That's my favorite part. Was the win <laughs> probabilities and seeing the charts go back and forth. And I'm like, oh shit! It kind of it adds excitement to yeah. the game. You know, because you, you beat the odds exactly. Because you never look at it that way. And, the Dodgers had a 65. 5% win probability yeah. until we t- <laughs> until we tied it. Yeah, I thought dude, I thought it was awesome just to see the chart going back and forth like it was. I thought it added intensity and it added excitement to the game. The uh the broadcast itself left yeah. a lot to be desired. It's, it's left a, little, a lot to be desired. It lacks uh, very panache. very yeah. dry. Yes. Especially when you're so used to Don and Mud yeah. on TV and on radio, of course, Jesse Agler yeah. being uh, you know, great one man show. Being uh, fantastic in uh, you know his job and what he does, but uh, yeah, that left a lot to be desired. But all the numbers on Statcast here thrown out there, I thought I thought it was it was just uh, a lot of fun to watch. See, this is why they should have like like a main booth and then have one guy in there. Like maybe you put I think it was Mike Petriello that was there yeah. yesterday. Yeah, maybe throw him in like the main booth and just throw the stats out there, and then you can throw it to Aaron. Hey, he hit this ball ninety something, you know, one hundred five fifteen miles an hour. But he hit it the other way. A-Rod, what was your approach? You know, you you made a lot of hard contact. You know, what's the approach when you're trying to go the other way to get out of a slump? Something. You scan can... would be perfect for oh, that. Oh, God. Scan is scan is beautifully built for that. And you can answer uh, very touchy political subjects on Twitter <laughs> uh, in between innings. Exactly. Oh. Uh, so I, I was mentioning I'm not big into the, uh, you know, the uh, nerd stats, the calculated crew stats. <laughs> but... Uh, one of the one of my favorite things that was pointed out over the weekend was by uh, at Too Much Mortons, aka Meredith Louisiana Hot Sauce Tim Hill Fam Club sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's an excellent follow, by the way. Going into the Please game, follow him. Going into the game, I believe it was Friday night. Tatis had a seventy WRC plus and a negative point two F four. Uh, after the series, he's now at a .6 F4 and a 161 <laughs> WRC+. Plus. You don't Once say. again, that will play. Absolutely. I don't I don't want to go out too far in that limb, but I will say that will play. How refreshing is it, and we, we're going to say this for probably another 13 years after this year, but how refreshing is it that we have a, once again, have a star, like first time since Tony Gwynn, where when we play on national television, he doesn't embarrass us. Yeah, yeah. It's what are you a, what are you chuckling at over there? It's stupid. It's dumb. It has nothing to do with the podcast. I'm oh. looking at a, a Mark Wilkins tweet though. <laughs> you afters, idiot. Uh, yeah, man. So going back to Tatis, you had the uh, there was the uh, the cheating controversy God. about him peeking down, and God forbid the guy who sells pine down. tar shirts. Yes. So <laughs> telling him he's cheating. Yeah, they had brought it up about him looking down and peeking at the signs, and oh my gosh, he's cheating. Uh, I personally, that's something that I actually look for a lot is when they do a close up on the face. I always look to see if they peek down, and the first person that I noticed, and the reason why I look at it is Anthony Rizzo. Yes. In 2011, yes. they would go up close on his face, and I'd look at it, and I'm like. 
first of all, stop going on his face. <laughs> like, stop doing a close-up on his face. This is our guy, and it's right there. You can see him blinking and looking at the catcher. Just stop it. And ever since then, when there's a close-up on a batter, I look. Yeah. And I look to see if they're looking. And I've never noticed that with Tatis at all. So whether or not... And they do a lot of close-ups on his face. Yeah. I mean, why would He's you? very handsome. He's I mean, very handsome. Very, beautiful very man. beautiful man. Uh, so... I've never seen that from Tatis, just objectively. I don't know if yeah. you have. I've never noticed him peak. Uh, John Boy did a great breakdown to where you show that uh, Tatis didn't even see any fingers. He yeah. didn't see anything. Uh, if if anything, he may have saw uh, Will Smith leaning towards the outside. But then he points out all six pitches up to that point were outside. The Athletic did an interview, and I think uh, recently retired and well-respected backup catcher Eric Kratz was a part of it. Yeah. And he, I think, I'm pretty sure, they had three catchers in there, Eric Kratz, Chris Hynett, and, and some guy who played in uh, uh, Boomer Ball and John Conniff's area, and uh, the Dead Ball era. Yeah. And um, I believe it was Kratz that had said, like, it wasn't a big surprise or secret that he was going to go outside with any pitch because he's been going out outside the entire at bat. Yeah. So it's basically you're like you could guess with a certain amount of certainty that he's going to throw the pitch outside. Um, they also said like yeah, looking at the video, it looks like to me he couldn't see any. You know, by the time he had looked back, if that's indeed what he did, uh, that uh, the signs would already been given. Number three, Eric, you and I have been playing baseball poorly our entire lives. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for myself. So we've been in the batter's box. It's not as easy as you just look back and suddenly you can see, like, clear as day what the catcher's calling. You might be able to see his feet. Yeah. And, and that's but you for, have to turn your head. Yeah. And, and that's for us playing Sunday League. Yeah. That's for us playing adult ball. Yeah. I mean, imagine being in the major leagues. A professional catcher. A professional catcher and the pitcher's using some substance to get extra spin on the ball. <laughs> like, that makes it a lot tougher. Makes it a lot tougher. So... Uh, yeah, when I saw that, dude, it pissed me off. What really pissed me off. Did you see Dave Roberts' comments on it? Uh, I did not. Oh, dude. Livid. I know he commented, but I don't recall what he said. I was livid. He said something like, oh, it'll be noted. If, if it is something that, you know, he's doing and we notice, it'll be noted. Let me just play it. I'll play the audio. Peaking, um, that's that's uh, just not the way um, you play baseball. You know, if that is the case, which I don't know... Um, That'll be noted. And, and when you say noted, we have to make some kind of adjustment or have your catcher look for it? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What are you talking about, Dave? Yeah. Do you want to expand on that, Dave Roberts? You Jackass? That's another thing, Chris. I Fake I tough guy. <laughs> motherfucker, Dave Roberts. Pushing Andy Green from behind and then hiding behind the umpire. Fuck Dave Roberts, dude. For real. Like I'm I'm so sick. Okay, like I can't even get to the point. I can't bring myself to pretend that I care about him. I told you this uh, last week. Uh, I love doing the bit where I shit on Justin Turner for knowing he had COVID and ripping his mask off and sitting next to his cancer survivor manager. Like it, it makes my skin crawl to pretend that I care about Dave Roberts. <laughs> so I don't know if I can continue that bit any longer. No, absolutely not. Uh, but, dude, when he says shit like that, it just it's infuriating. And the fact that, like, they bring it up and Plashkey, that, that fucking asshole Bill Plashkey, like, that's how he makes his living is doing shit like this. So I don't really get, well... I, I mean, he could make his living writing quality articles. Well... I mean, that's... A, they, he needs that's clicks. He, he needs yeah. clicks. That's how he gets clicks. But the fact that L.A., like, they got owned so hard over the weekend. Seven to that, one, Eric. That they're like, you know what? Let's take this one incidental peak down and turn this into, uh, or making the 
equation that they have now uh, done what the 2017 Astros did against them in the World Series. Like, it's not the same thing. Like, these two things are not... It's not a Spider-Man meme pointing... Like, Tatis and the Astros, they're not pointing at each other. The Spider-Man <laughs> meme. It's not. It's not. Like, he ha- he looked down <laughs> before the pitch. Like, looking down before the pitch... It's, After it's the not, signs were given. And you guys, like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but looking down, it's not illegal. It's not. It's just it's just frowned upon. There's like, a video of Cody Bellinger doing it. I don't hear anybody on Dodgerland complaining. It's just frowned upon. Yeah. Like, masturbating in an airplane. <laughs> At least since 9-11. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Jesus. Fuck them, man. Like, dude, it, it's Did that get you in the Mile High Club? It really pissed me off, off dude. Still count? Really fucking pissed yeah, me off. Yeah, it's, it's it's horseshit because, again, it's it's this big brother syndrome where you got fucking owned. You blew a 7-1 to one lead. The Padres came in after you had almost swept the Padres, right? You basically owned them. Well, the games were a lot closer than they appeared. But you come into San Diego, you take two out of three. You take the wind out of the sails of the Padres who are, who are coming in hot. You, uh... They had just been swept, so it was almost a given that you guys were going to steamroll. And they come in here and take three out of four from you. Uh, Tatis absolutely owned you the whole series. You chanted Manny Sucks chance, and he owned you the whole series. And it just looks bad, right? It just looks bad. The team blew it. Whatever. Just own up to it. Stop coming up with these lousy excuses as to why you lost. Like, Bauer gave up two bombs to Tatis. Two bombs. What what more do you want? Yeah. Like, what, what? did he cheat on the other home runs? Is everybody cheating? Every time they hit off you, like, sorry to tell you, buddy, you came in with an ERA just shy of four. You were excellent last year. But you haven't been that good that long. Why don't you relax, guy? You're not untouchable. I lo- they love to point fingers, dude. Absolutely. They love to point fingers. They and- also employ people that cheat. Mookie Betts was on the cheating-ass Red Sox, and so was Joe Kelly. Yeah, and also the uh, Dodgers have been accused of being... Uh, stealing signs yeah. on camera. Like, the Brewers did it. Logan yeah. Morrison came out and said, I know for a fact that these guys are doing it. Uh, they employed Trevor Bauer, who was, basically came out and said, hey, guys, I cheat. Ask me how. <laughs> like, Not even ask me how. Yeah. Ask me why. It's more like... <laughs> and, and for them to come out and be like, hey, you guys cheated. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. fuck you. And, and it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, if he is doing that, that's not the right way to play baseball. And, and, and that'll be noted. And then the video of, of Cody Bellinger peeking back 25 times while he's digging in and it's like dude looking high as shit oh god Bueller just, going to his glove multiple times and I can't a number stand, of his starts I can't stand the Dodgers it's, dude it's, it's very irritating it's, yeah. it's it's the uh, big brother complex like we have to be better so we gotta find ways as to why even though you won you really lost yeah and, and then our, our beloved uh, Ben Higgins on uh San Diego's number one sports show, Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan, Monday through Friday, 5 to 9 a.m. He was furious. He came out furious oh, yes. this morning. Uh, I know you didn't see that because you never listen. Well, I'm but also at work and he, I'm asleep. Uh, he was furious this morning. And then, uh, then you have uh, Coach Cantera. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let me tell you something. Uh, if, uh, if, if I did that, or if I was Muncie, you know, I, I think that he might need one in his ribcage. Yeah. Yeah, either in his rib cage or in his head for Fernando Tatis Jr. What? <laughs> like what? What the hell are you doing? This guy, Eric, I have told you for years, sucks. I don't know how he has continually stayed on the air. I wow. like that he lets people call in, but they clearly screen like <laughs> Joe and Santee, yeah. who who uh, you know uh, has a. Uh, 
I yearn for the days of when Babe Ruth was the home run leader. <laughs> right? Like, there's a certain audience, uh, entitled audience, that ruined everything for everybody else that listens to Coach and nobody else. Yeah. It's like a radio, it's like a, a program stuck in the 60s that you just can't get out of in 2021. I don't know why he's still on the air in the first place, especially given the takes he's had in the past, but to act, I mean, to actively and blatantly advocate for the franchise star who just got a 14-year contract, who we hope is a Hall of Famer with a retired number, who's an absolute star, and just burst on the scene once again uh, over the weekend in a nationally you know, uh, anticipated series, to advocate to plunk him in the ribs and the head on live radio? What are you doing? And why is he still employed? Yeah, well... I won't go that far because one day I hope to have the pre and post on 97.3 The Fan. <laughs> but I think you just talked yourself out of it. So I uh, look oh, forward to uh, me oh. and Mason on uh, San Diego Sports, That's uh, okay. number one sports That's station okay. on pre and post. Also, Mason uh, and Miz, yeah. pre and post. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it. He and I will go to uh, fantasy camp together and uh, leave you in the dust. Oh, no. It'll be great. Wait, dude. fantasy camp? I take it all back. Keep coach. <laughs> Long-term deal for the coach. Yeah, it'll be great. So uh, before we get out of here, let's let's play these voicemails again. If people leave them during the week, thank you. It'll get played every single time, no matter what. 619-354-9669. It's not Eric's real number. Once again, 619-354-9669. I do actually get text messages there, too. So uh, if you want to text me, uh, I, I, I might text you back. I won't. But uh, here's the, here's <laughs> the first one. Get up. Baseball Nick 25. Uh, I'm here live from Dodger Stadium parking lot. I got one question for you guys. How the hell does Jake Cronenworth walk around with a nutsack that fucking big? <laughs> what a play. What a game. How about Ryan Weather shoving it up the Dodgers' ass? Let's go. Let's go, baby. I love the hype, baby. Let's go. Hey, Baseball Nick 25, he's yeah. making a strong case for us to keep the Padre Twitter segment. Yeah. That's three straight weeks. Solid call. I, I like that it's, uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a bit. It's just he's like, he's pumped. Yeah. He's been on Twitter. He just wants to let it out verbally. He was at the game yeah. dude, when that du- when that double play happened with Jake Cronenworth. Yeah. What um, a play! Yeah, I don't know how he walks with that giant nutsack. I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, God, dude. That ball was torched. When that ball was hit, I was like, "Oh Whoa. God!" And then, dude, that was that was amazing. To was, stick with it, it's one thing to knock it down. You just get in front of it, right? Yeah. Which is ballsier than it sounds. But, uh, you know, to get in front of a, what's that ball hit? Probably 110 miles an hour? Well, there's a part of you, as yeah. soon as the ball uh, hits your glove and it's not in your glove, you panic. Yeah. It's instant panic. It's natural. That's your natural reaction. But for him, for it to go off his glove and go down, and he doesn't skip a beat, no. dude. He's just like, all right, here's the ball. Yeah. Toss it off. Boom. Like, game-saving play. That Absolutely was uh, great. That was incredible. Ryan Weathers, yes, covered that. Absolutely love Ryan Weathers. Couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, I also want to give a huge shout-out to Baseball Nick 25 Did you see? <laughs> so he went to the games. He lives up in L.A., I believe. Uh, he went to the game on, I want to say, was it Thursday? He had a Slam Diego sticker. Did you see that? Yes, and he I did tweeted see it. out, "Hey, where, uh, where, where am I going to put this? this?" Yeah, yeah. And then uh, later on, he posted a picture, and it was way up high on some—I don't know—some. How pipe the hell did he get up there? Hey, maybe he's got ups. <laughs> you never know. Maybe he does. But uh, yeah, huge shout out to at Baseball Nick Twenty Five. I thought that was a dude. That's a great idea. We should we should get stickers and just go to Dodger <laughs> just Stadium to Dodger and Stadium. just put them on there. Like that's that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Padre stickers. Yeah, and I'm really <laughs> pissed off that I didn't think about that before. But we uh, should definitely go. Uh, and rename the street it's on what's it like Vin Scully Drive 
We should just put Tatis Drive. Yeah, exactly. It's not that hard. Yeah, if go. Nick can do it, we can do yeah, it. Yeah, we can do it. All right, let's see. There's one more. Hey, fuckers. I am getting sick and tired of your bullshit. This constant pandering to keep Tommy Pham in the lineup is absolutely ridiculous. Do you guys have to cuss so much? Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Pham is fine. I'll continue to say it. He's fine. Let me check out his stat cast. I haven't looked at his stat cast numbers. He has, I feel like he's been hitting better lately. Let me follow up uh, me saying Tommy Pham is fine by saying uh, I wouldn't hate bringing in an upgrade at the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I think we. T- <laughs> I think I, I'm I telling myself that he's fine because God, I just wanted to happen. I, I think uh, I think we're in agreement. Uh, we talked about. I think it was last week. We talked like how long we talk a- about Pham every week. Yeah, and yeah, I we feel. Do. Dumber and dumber as time yeah. goes on. Uh, but I know we talked about like you know how long do you do you really give him? I said all season. Uh, and I said I give him to the break to to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, because I think at that point we already know Preller's probably already looking to uh, you know looking to upgrade because it's just uh, how he is. I'm gonna look up his batting logs here. But uh, I, do, I mean he's still hitting the ball hard. He's still in the you know top thirty percent of exit velocity. Uh, top 25 of max exit velocity, top almost top 25 in hard hit percentage, uh, barrel rate. He's not punching out. He's walking a ton. He's in the top 15% of the walks. Uh, he's not chasing pitches. Uh, he's fast. He's playing above average defense, Eric, top 40% or so. Yeah, like, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck you, caller, whoever <laughs> the hell you are. I'm not trying to pander. I'm just saying, you know, you would expect him based on how hard he's hitting the ball. This is like, you know, it, it's like... I can't, I can't think of a, a way to, to, to compare it, but he's doing everything you would want him to do at this point. He's not striking out. He's drawing walks. He's hustling. He's playing good defense. Um, he's hitting the ball hard, consistently hard. Um, I don't know what more you would want him to do other than you know force the ball to land. He can't do that. Yeah. Right? So um, it's been a rough go for Tommy Fan, but I do think at some point if he doesn't pick it up, um, you do have to make an upgrade. Yeah, he's... He doesn't have one game where he's gotten like a batting average of over 250. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want him to be fine, but I wouldn't hate an upgrade. I wouldn't either, and I, I, would I think uh, it'd be great. Let's uh, let's bring Chris Bryant home. I think the way too early predictions is uh, obviously an upgrade in left field, yeah. uh, bench depth, and uh, bullpen. Yeah, at least one more sure. bullpen arm. Oh, maybe a starting rotation. Quick question: I did want to ask. Uh, this is a legit question, not a piss you off <laughs> question. Um, I'm all for it because they have Grisham uh, in the lineup now. But uh, I like Tatis at the leadoff. Do you think that might have also been the? Because uh, when they let him off, I thought, oh, maybe this will jumpstart him because. I think he likes to lead off, even though maybe you probably want him to. Uh, what do you think? I'm leaving him there if, if that's where he seems to be comfortable at. Well, he all, likes to jump on that first pitch. All five bombs were solo shots. It's yeah. not my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, but, dude, if that's where he's comfortable, that's where he plays. End yeah. of story. Like, end of discussion. That's yeah. that's it. So, and, and I, would, I love having a leadoff spot, dude. I do too. I, I really, really do. I, I know it's not, you know, yeah. probably not the best place for him analytically, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but having him lead off is great. And and watching, uh, just kind of a side note as well, seeing how aggressive he is on the base pass and Grisham, dude, our whole lineup. Manny, just we stole five bases yesterday. <laughs> it's amazing. It, fucking... It's really amazing. <laughs> I got a text from. And a I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's any um, any coincidence that they won three of those games, being as batshit crazy on the bases no. in a good way that they were no absolutely so, not keep so. doing that keep that shit up i like that shit yeah. okay yeah, i had a Anyways. dodger loving friend tell me 
Will these motherfuckers stop running circles around us because the Dodgers don't run? And his other comment was, where do we find all these uh, pasty-ass looking like creative players? <laughs> it's like they just make names up yeah. out of a generator. But uh, yeah, I like him in the two spot. I think it works better now because, you know, 2018, like he didn't have anybody. Well, 19, I beg your pardon. 19, you, you had, uh, you know, uh, the lineup was not as uh, was not as long as it is now. But now that you have Grisham... And occasionally Cronenworth, you know, I, I think that's fine if he bats lead off because Grisham can bat. Grisham was a stud this weekend, by the way. Does not is not getting enough pub. Made a great play on Max Muncy, who likes to bat flip routine fly balls. He had, uh, I think it was Saturday. He had four strikeouts, but go ahead. Well, he had two hits yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to hit every game. I know. Yeah, I'm, as I'm I have kidding. highlighted in my life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, or most games, but uh, I'm okay with Tatis hitting lead off and Grisham too. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. I'm down with that for sure. So uh, we we, we kind of told ourselves, you know, off recording that uh, we were going to shoot for like 45 minutes here and there. Uh, we're coming up on an hour. So surprise, uh, surprise. I'll ask you, we have five games coming up before the next time that we record. We have two against Arizona, Tuesday, Wednesday. We have Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, at home against San Francisco. So out of the five games, how do we fare? Four and one. Four and one. I think that Arizona is, uh, I think they're okay. Remember, Paddock is pitching tomorrow. Okay, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's So, fair. I, I do think, like, Arizona's a solid team, but I think we can handle them. Um, yeah. Especially because we're going to get near the top of the rotation on the back end of that. And they're getting the extra day off, which I think is going to help a lot. Help the bullpen a lot. Um, and uh, the Giants are probably like it's probably really fun right now for San Francisco Giants fans to watch their team uh, overperform. But I think they're a flash in the pan. I don't think they're a, a competitive team at all. And I think uh, they're going to come back down to earth this weekend. You say four and one. I'll go three and two. That's all. I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit more yeah. conservative in my. We're going to split. Last week I was two and two. And uh, you're through one the yeah, week before that. Yeah, but the thing that. is, the thing is, if you're right, I'm never gonna open it up with you being right about something. <laughs> I'll open it up with you being wrong any day of the week. Clearly, but I will never open it up with you being right. No Clearly. way. Clearly. Uh, so a lot of people also before we're out of here, and, and I promise this will be it. Uh, a lot of people were kind of talking about the Padres and how you know strength of schedule, and we faced a lot of tough opponents. We have faced LA a lot. Uh, I get it. The Padres, I, I believe, the only team under 500 that they faced so far is Texas, and we swept them. Uh, coming up here, you have Pitts or uh, you have Pittsburgh, uh, which you know I, I like our chances at home against Pittsburgh. I know we didn't do too well against them in Pittsburgh, but uh, you have a lot of Colorado coming in. You have four more against Milwaukee uh, this month. Uh, you have Seattle, who Seattle's been really hot coming in. Uh, so what what do you think about the the month of May and the the schedule that we're playing? Are you are you worried about the schedule? No, I, okay. I think uh, I do think we do have to realize you know they did play you know they faced seventeen games in a row is a lot. It's taxing on your bullpen, it's taxing on rotation. Um, also, especially this early in the season, they also ran into you know the Dodgers. Of course, it's not a rivalry, but they lined up their top three. Uh, the first series, and then they just happened to run into the top three of the Brewer, the Brewers uh, rotation, which surprisingly, colored me shocked, surprised, like, their rotation's pretty good, at mm-hmm. least at the front end. Um, and then, of course, going back to L.A., and it's like, I mean, who's their worst starting pitcher? Dustin May? Is Dustin May their worst pitcher? I think he'd probably be a number one on, like... A lot of teams. Yeah, a lot of teams. He'd definitely be a number one for three innings on Tampa Bay. So, yeah. um, I think that you have to take their record with a little bit of a grain of salt, because they faced... You know, seven games of like just stud pitching, but I'm not worried about May. I think May's well, going to be a good month. Again, 
I don't really buy into Arizona or San Francisco. Pittsburgh's a doormat. Um, Colorado just fired their GM. <laughs> no, he stepped down. Excuse me. Huge air quotes. Step down. Excuse me. Uh, and they're a dumpster fire anyway. So. I guess my issue, because I, I had heard before, like, uh, I think it was today. I think it was Ben, actually, that was mentioned. On my beloved Ben and Woods on San Diego Sports, uh, number one sports station, 97. A lot of love fan. for Ben today. Uh, he had mentioned today something about, oh, you know, they've, they've faced a lot of teams that are over 500. And there's more of it coming in May. So while it's going to be a little bit easier, it's it's not going to be as easy as we'd hoped. But I'm thinking, I'm like, if we think that we are the second best team behind L.A., everyone else should be an easier game. Yeah. So... We should be handling these teams. I mean, of like these gone teams, are the days where it's like, well, shit, we need some bottom feeders to beat up on. Like, yeah, those games are nice, but like, we should be beating up on everybody. Well, like, it should be close against LA, but we should be beating the shit out of everyone. I, I don't. So see I don't really care team, who they face. Yeah, I don't either, and I don't see what team. Like, I'm looking at it. Like, I'm not afraid of the Giants. Pittsburgh's a doormat. We get the Giants again. Then we get Colorado. Yeah. St. Louis is probably pretty good, but they're also in a weak division, so I don't know how good they really are. No. Seattle, I mean. Hey, that's great. They got young guys. Good for Taylor Trammell. Uh, but uh, I don't think Seattle's like that great. They're just hot. You know, they're just playing really well right now. But I don't think they're a playoff team or anything. They're like the Diamondbacks. You know, they're kind of in this in-between mode where they're going to be fun to watch because they got some guys coming up. But they're not contenders. I'm not really. St. Louis, to me, seems like the best team. And Milwaukee, depending on who we get in that rotation, are probably the two best teams we're going to play in the next month because those are legitimate playoff contenders. Yeah. Those other teams I'm not worried about. I think the Padres are going to do fine. They're going to keep winning two out of three, splitting series, taking three out of one, uh, and stuff like that. They'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, you say four and one. I say three and two. Uh, we'll check in with you guys next week. See how we did. We're out of here.